Hey y'all, it's me Kim and welcome back to Life's a Beach. I'm here again with my husband Wayne. Hey everybody. And we are just going to jump right into episode two of Losing My Religion. Welcome back and thanks for joining us. So we're going to take you through the religious years. Okay, so we kind of mentioned last time that there was a rub between us or a conflict between us over the holiness rules and that that lasted a while. Um, and after that, I kind of started to let that go and get over it and realize there were bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we kind of stuck to the doctrine, we'd be cool. Right. right. Should we explain what holiness rules are? For- yeah. I mean, a lot of the in the group that we were with and again, not the fellowship we were with, but the larger group. Um, a lot of those rules had to do with dress and appearance, yes. such as women not cutting their hair, such as women not wearing earrings. You, you see, I say women, 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 right? Right, right. Such as women wearing skirts. Men um, didn't wear shorts. Men didn't wear shorts, uh, long sleeves or Short, short sleeves. Right. So there was a lot of that kind of stuff. Women did not wear anything that pertaineth to a man. And makeup. Right. Now, again, the fellowship we were in did not practice that. They were very cool and liberal about those kind of things, but the larger group did. Right. Um, so I was kind of on board with it, but I got over it. I realized that there were bigger fish to fry. But then, guess what happened? I took our daughter to get her ears pierced. And she came bum, home, bum, bum. and of course, I wasn't aware, and I saw the earrings, and... You lost your mind. I lost my mind. And how I lost my mind was not to scream and yell, because that's not how I did. Back then, I was just cold, right? Right. And um, I put on pants, and I went out in 90-plus degree weather. uh, Yes, I did. And mowed the grass. Yes, he was so mad. And I kept those pants on for quite a while. Yes, um, because you felt like, even though you had gotten over the... That that was my hill I was going to die on. Yeah. I was not going to bow down to those standards. I was I was not. I mean, I had gotten over like you're right, saying. I had right. gotten over that. But then I saw that and I was like, I thought, oh my gosh, I should have been more conservative. I should have pushed harder because now she's coming on with earrings. What are we going to have tomorrow? Because oh you guys, you have to understand, I had big plans for Emma. Um, I had big plans for her to attend a college of my choice that mm-hmm. was within the faith that we were in. I had big plans for her to marry a preacher, to stay in the faith that we were in. And I had pressure on her, pressure on me, pressure on everybody in this house. Right. Um, we were all living kind of in a pressure cooker. Except for our youngest. He was too young. To, yeah. yeah. He was... He, he was, was throwing stuff down the vent and then saying he didn't do it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so he, he had no care in the world. And our and our daughter, she um, she is very talented. She can... Yes. She's, a, she's got a beautiful voice. And so that voice, of course, was a gift for... From God, and, and she was going to use that voice. Yeah, we and, put a lot of pressure on her to sing and to do things in church because we could we could see that she was talented. Right. And I used a line that was used on me um, of, you know, you ought to use your talents and gifts for the Lord. So I put a lot of pressure on her to do things she didn't necessarily have the heart to do. Right. But I didn't mention last time I was the assistant pastor at the fellowship we were with. Um, I told you I was in ministry, but not what I was doing. Uh, the church was, again, growing and doing well the first few years there. I felt like I was on top of the world, kind of euphoric during that period. How did you feel during that period? Well, I mean... Those first few years. Fear, unfortunately, was my underlying factor throughout this whole... If, if that was my... Fear was my theme. So, yeah. I mean, it was exciting, though, even though I was scared. And I'll go into more of that later. I was excited because I thought, hey, look, our little corner of this... 
this uh, world, we're doing things. We're preaching the true gospel. We're, and it's growing. And, we and see the people, fruit of it. Yes. It, our church is growing, and the women don't have to dress a certain way, and neither do the men. I thought we had found, like, the... I don't know. It was we our had niche. Found, we had found God's will. Absolutely. And nothing else really mattered. Right. You know, I no mean, matter how kinda, scary it was, right. we were doing God's will. Or no will. matter how the interpersonal relationships and the pressure cooker that we lived here at home, no matter how bad that felt, we were still doing God's will at the end of the oh, day. Oh, absolutely. From the outside looking in, it was perfect. We yeah. had the perfect little family and, and the perfect little life going. Yeah. And, you know, Kim talked about fear and how that, that motivated her and kept her in it. You know, I think a lot of it with me was validation. Kim grew up with a lot of fear in her religion. Well, my religion kind of always taught us that we were horrible. We were, we were. I mean, I'm just being honest, that we were bad people, um, mm-hmm. that we were not worthy, that we were not good. Um, I used to, back when I sang in church, I sang a, ch- a song that said, uh, feed the children, but feed me the crumbs from the table. I remember that song. So it's, it's just, you know, it was, and you needed to, you needed that validation. And when I look about how, why it fed me so much is because I didn't feel good about me. So anything, Well, you were a dog. Right. I mean. Anything that made me feel good about me, whether it was being successful in preaching or recognized in church or accepted in church. Um, I was willing to do to get that validation because I didn't have it on the inside of me. Right. And so that, that became almost your drug of choice, if it did. you will. It did. It was an emotional drug. There's right. no doubt about it. So we started, of course, we were vehement. I guess that's the word. That's, yeah. Uh, that's the word, isn't it? It is a big word. <laughs> we I'll were have to look that word up. Yeah, we were vehemently going for it, right? Right. People were coming and, you know, things were growing and then people started leaving. And I noticed that when I would get up and preach the doctrine strictly, this is the way, this is the only way, and any other way that you've done it is wrong, that, you know, of course, the core people in the movement Mm -hmm. would love and applaud that, right? Sure. But I would, we would lose folks that had been coming to the church, precious people, for months, and they Good had been with people. us for a while. Enjoying the church and what was going on, but I would get up, get up and give one of those kind of sermons, and they'd be gone. Absolutely. The next and Sunday, they'd I be gone. I had a hard time with that. I always had a hard time with that, even when I was in the midst of it. And, you know, others would tell me, well, it's the truth, and let them leave. Right. Um, I had a hard time with it. Sure. Because they were precious people who really were seeking after God. But we kept rolling. Um, Kim kind of already mentioned it, that we kind of put pressure on Emma to sing, right? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, because she was in the choir. She joined the choir at church. I think you gave, even got her voice lessons. Oh, was, yeah, absolutely. Was church a motivator in you getting her those, or was that just for her? No, it was, it was not a motivator for me personally. It was just I wanted... Her to be able to, you know, expand on her gift. And I did not have the vision for her that you did. Right, I mean, that, I that was that was like the furthest thing I wanted from her. I was like, no, run from that, run from right, that. Right, right. Um, well, I just thought that if she could get into a college of that kind, then she would find a man of that kind, and then she could carry on this wonderful thing that we had. And then you I know? was like, and I, and I was thinking she will be trapped. But again, guys... Everybody had pressure. Yes, it was it was a fishbowl of pressure. It was not a fun house to live in. I remember Emma looking at me one time. We were out shopping or whatever, and she said, Dad, 
I'm not the person that you think I am. And she said, I know you're disappointed in me. Um, because it was so much pressure. It was pressure for her. It was pressure for Kim. And guys, I know I sound like a villain here, and yeah. I deserve it. But I will tell you, quite frankly, that it was pressure for me, too. Sure. I held myself to a higher standard than I held even Kim and Emma and the, the family, too. Oh, absolutely. You were not hypocritical about it no. at all. I mean, it was just this... And it was the motivation. We We thought at this time we were living the truth and we thought all this pressure coming in on us we still at this time it was the devil it was the devil devil. he was trying to destroy this success we were building and it wasn't the success for our own glory please understand that we were doing this for god and for the true doctrine absolutely because we were not having fun doing it we there was no glory for us i mean but we thought we were doing god's will no exactly yeah exactly it was sacrificial for us and yes uh every saturday night I was in here preparing a sermon and praying. Yes. And I would do that for hours and hours, sometimes to the wee hours of the morning because I was waiting for the Lord to give me something. And I would start in one direction and then I would not feel the, the anointing. And I guess, you know, if you've been in those circles, you'll understand what I mean. But I would not feel the anointing for that. So I would drop that and go to something else. And I would stay up all hours of the night, leaving Kim in the in the living room alone to do whatever she was doing. And, and honestly, I wasn't even aware of what you were doing. Honestly, and I'll just be honest. I mean, I was lonely. And I mean, I had the kids, of course, and we had each other. And, you know, the kids would go to bed and... I would just sit in the living room and I would drink. I mean, yeah. I would. You had no clue, but no, I, I, didn't. I had me I a little. I was that far disconnected. I had me a little stash of liquor, and as you were I'm laughing because it's so <laughs> absurd, but as you were in here preparing a sermon on Saturday night, I was in there getting toasted. Oh my yeah. God, how backwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was. Oh Lord! And then so about this time. Sorry, I don't. Well, I mean, and then Sunday morning. Should we just? I mean, Sunday. Yeah, morning. we would fight sometimes on Sunday morning, like cats and dogs, and get out of get out to come into that church and be, you know, smiles and oh, how absolutely. are you? Praise I'll, the Lord! Absolutely, we would. We would. I mean, Sunday mornings, we'd wake up fighting. I mm-hmm. mean, but it was the devil because he was trying to mess up our sermon. But yeah, we could put on those fake smiles. Really quick. Oh, yeah. So over time, resentment built on both ends. Oh, yeah. I was resentful of her because she wouldn't do the holiness rules. Well, I got over that, but then I was resentful because she wasn't on board with what we were doing. I didn't feel like she had the same fire um, that I had for it. And we just were really disconnected. She had obvious reasons to resent me, right? I wasn't, oh, yeah. I was not attentive as a husband. I was attentive to the church. I was really married to the church. Yeah, you were, you, uh, a friend of yours, I think, put it eloquently, you were cheating on me yeah, with the church. Absolutely. And guys, again, it was not that the church pressured me to do that. Mm-mm. It was just that I saw it as the truth and I pressured me to do it. Yes. Nobody at that church that we were part of ever pressured me to have the view I had. I just had it. But I'm going to be honest and I'm going to say that I think the doctrine of this is right and nothing else is, um, and it's our responsibility to propagate it, mm-hmm. I think that helped me have that pressure. Oh, absolutely. And that's why this is called losing my religion. Absolutely, because you, you were do your motives... And all this were sincere. 
That's the crazy yeah. thing. This is what's so messed up. Wayne was not evil. He did not have evil plans for our family. He has. I loved, thought I had found God's will. That's right. And he wanted the best for all of us, as misconstrued as all this sounds. And it is misconstrued. Yeah. Um, but it's it's got a happy ending. Just hang on. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. This is a tough episode. Yes. So then um, my grandma died, who raised me. In um, 2016, this Very, was. yes. Very influential piece of my life, part of my life. And she died, guys, with such peace. She was a Baptist lady. Yes. She lived her life for God. She was dedicated to God. And she died with such peace. It started to crack. I started to realize God is bigger than this thing that I'm part of, than, than this doctrine I believe. This woman knew the Lord. I can't explain how or why she could have because she didn't believe it like I did. Right. How dare her? Right. <laughs> but she knew the Lord. And, and so it started to crack. And then we started to look at our lives for the first time, even though we weren't talking to each other individually, I think we started to look at our lives and the doctrine wasn't working for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. We weren't, we, we of course came together for the death of his grandmother and went through that. But yes, when, when she died, it, it kind of that, that same effect on me. I looked at this woman and Quickly, she lived with terminal cancer for nine years. Nine years, and um, she was an elderly woman. But throughout that nine years, she did not grumble. She said, "This will be used for the glory of God, no matter how it turns out." Her faith never wavered, and it was amazing. And we got to watch her close her eyes in death. And I was like, you know, if this woman did not make heaven, yeah. she didn't go through the the process that I had no, to go through to get all. to heaven. Right. You know, the but if she didn't make heaven, I don't have a snowball's chance to Absolutely. make it. Absolutely. Because she loved Jesus with all in her and she was not a perfect woman. No, not it, at all. And she would be the first to tell you that. Absolutely. But I was like Meanwhile, she has all this peace. Yes. And I'm coming home from church. In a bad mood because we didn't have a service up to my expectations. Oh, absolutely. So I could obviously see in my own life that my faith was deficient to even hers. And, and she I would, didn't even have the truth. She didn't even have the truth, quote, unquote. Right. So I knew I had a problem. And I knew I had a problem, too, but we were both just at odds at that point that we didn't even know how to come together to say, hey, look. So why did we stay with it? Before we end this episode, things are going downhill. The church is not doing as well at this point, right? Right. And my grandmother's died. Why did we hang on? I held on because of obligation and because I love the people. I was a person who had always been obligated in my life to take care of other people. And I held on because of that obligation to not hurt people and my love for the people. Why did you hang on, Kim? This is going to go a minute over our time, but I think it's worth it. So this is how convoluted my brain was, okay? So I started thinking, all right, I don't think people have to believe exactly the way I do to go to heaven. I don't. Because I do think... And you're scared to think that. Right. But it, but I'm starting to believe it because I'm seeing people who don't believe the way I do. And I'm, I'm seeing that they have God in their lives. It's right. evident. But I get to thinking, all right, you know, God is graceful. I'm seeing a little bit of his grace here. But I'm thinking, but I have been given this knowledge. And because I have been given this knowledge, I was thinking, okay, God will take you as far as you'll let him go with your knowledge of him. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I had this knowledge already, so I could not go back on it. 
Right. It was okay for other people not to believe exactly like I, I did. Because they didn't know better. They didn't know better. And see how arrogant that is. Absolutely. When you think about it. Lord have mercy. <laughs> well, oh my Lord. We are done. We are done for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And hang on because episode three will be coming out soon. Very soon. Thank uh, you. Bye.